What's up, fam bros and fam bras? This is Chico Leo. This week on Fam Bros, we talk about the season premiere of Game of Thrones, the season finale of Walking Dead, the many talents of Ernest Dickerson, and the controversy surrounding the Uncanny Avengers. Yeah, would hearing the, the theme song make you yeah. excited to start? Yeah. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros. The show where the bros are fans or something to that nature. How's everyone doing out there on the internet world today? Today in the studio, it's your boy DJ Ben Amin taking the front controls. I'm actually playing Captain Kirk for this one. And my man Chico Leo has moved up to the role of Spock. Spock, yes. Yes, so what's up, Chico Leo? Also in the studio, we have with us Matt Raz. No secret identities on this show. No secret identities. Or what would be your secret identity, Matt Raz? Well, well if we're going to stay with the uh, Star Trek motif, I'll go with Scotty. Yeah, you seem like Beam a Scotty. But, but I've come up with uh, with three possible aliases. <laughs> so you came fully prepared tonight. <laughs> uh, number one, the vigilante. Oh, but that's been taken. Yeah. That's been taken several, several times. times. On the radio? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, number two, the masked curmudgeon. <laughs> we're, it's we're, a little long. We're, we're, we're here, but we're getting closer yeah. to the, yeah. And number three, the boy wonder. Uh, I mean, the masked curmudgeon. You're not so much of a boy, yeah, though, yeah. either. That's, that's mm, the... <laughs> comparatively. Comparatively, perhaps. But I think masked curmudgeon is probably the winner. Uh, MC, MC Matt Raz, masked curmudgeon Matt Raz. That know. means you got to wear a mask. This is uh, true. I am wearing a mask. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> He's got the like Mission Impossible thing I going on. I thought that right was, now. I thought, yeah. Well, anyway, tonight on the episode of Fan Bros, we have the finale of The Walking Dead. Yeah, um, unfortunately, it's not the finale of the show, just the finale <laughs> um, um, of the season. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. You say. W- welcome to the Tombs is the name <laughs> of the episode. And I feel like I would like to, I'd like to welcome <laughs> the show to the Tombs. So why were you so disgusted with it? Well, you know there uh, was a uh, th- there was a there was a writer uh, I believe was he Nigerian Chinua Achebe about and he wrote a book called Things Fall Apart. Apart. Yes, yeah, sir. I would say that that pretty much describes The Walking Dead to a T. Um, so before you said that it was like Britney Spears stumbling around, and so yeah. now you think it's gone on to the next level of just completely falling apart. All right, well, all right. So we're just uh, to let everyone know there's uh, this is the spoiler alert. I mean, if you haven't seen the uh, episode uh, of, that Walking we're talk- of Walking Dead, uh, we're we're about to talk about. It so, uh, but the thing is, if you're listening to a show called Fan Bros, right? Then and you haven't seen the episode of Walking Dead, I think your priorities are mixed up right now. And yeah, but thank no. you, thank you for listening and for you know subscribing to us on iTunes when we get there and SoundCloud. So it, it, interestingly, the internet uh, seemed to not like the ending of the uh, season, which was like the only thing that I seemed to like about it was actually the last few minutes. <laughs> that it was over? <laughs> no, I, I actually thought there was sort of a nice lyrical ending where the zombies are sort of, you know, staggering around grazing like sheep or cattle, out, and they welcome the people in from Woodbury. But, um, you know, it was it was more of just sort of a lot of unmotivated action. Like, why why did the governor shoot all his own people? Yeah, that guy's a fucking jerk. I mean, beyond of I mean, he's been a fucking jerk all along. But at least he was a crafty, you know, guy who was one step ahead of everything. Unless they've got a good answer, and I'll watch next season, you know, to see why it was that he did that. Unless they've got a good reason for that. 
um, you know, it just it just it was it didn't make any sense at all. Like you lose a battle, you don't then turn around and shoot all the people that are that are on your side. You know what I mean? Like he was. I mean, he was disgusted with their performance. Well, clearly, you know? clearly, <laughs> I, I was more disgusted with the performance of the people in the prison. They didn't seem to hit a single one of the Woodbury not a, people. Not a single one, but it was a slaughter. Merle <laughs> took out eight when Merle went out last episode. He took out eight of the Woodbury all by people. himself. Yeah, I mean, what's up? Like you know, all these people brag about being good shots so i i'm a good shot i'm a good shot they're well, all trained you know. by tyrese yeah i mean i don't know i don't know what was and then that was the other thing was i know that he's a character from the comics and i'm glad they didn't kill him because i really like that actor who plays tyrese but that whole storyline with the tyrese and sasha and those people didn't really you know so they showed up at the prison they got kicked out of the prison they went to woodbury we didn't see them for a couple episodes and then they come back to the prison. There was no arc. Well, there was no okay. There's a there was a few arcs that were probably shortened. I would have to say, but yeah. you know, their arc was kind of shown when Andrea came to them and said, "Look, the governor's crazy." Right. You know, they already seen the walkers in the pit. They already knew that this dude was capable of doing all kind of crazy shit. And then when you come back and you know the whole team that you just sent out got shot right. dead by the governor, by the dude, kind of, yeah. yeah, you kind of be like, ah, maybe I should go to the other side. Right? Now. No, no, I'm not <laughs> questioning that. I'm questioning more the show. Like they're neat. They just sort of were like pieces getting moved around a board, and 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 the end result still hasn't been made made clear. This is true, but we can rejoice in one thing: is that Andrea. No, not only spoiler yes, is dead. Not only is she dead, I actually thought I will say I thought that that that, that was done well in the really? sense. Well, <laughs> I thought I thought she was dead the first like there's a scene where they they close the they close the the door is closed and you hear Milton having turned into the zombie jumping on her and you just sort of assume that was it she was dead there. So the fact when they showed up and there was all this blood under the door and she was still alive, like I wasn't expecting that. The thing is, I thought when Milton jumped on her, I thought it was to be a typical Walking Dead moment. You know, she stabs him in the head with the right. pliers and comes out of the room like, ha ha, I made it. You know? Yeah, no, I thought that that, that was going to be her dead. Um, mm. Apparently, the actress says that she didn't find out that she was going to die until literally right before they were starting shooting that episode. Like before the <laughs> before each season, they get like an outline of what's going to happen in the season. And I don't know if it's because I know that Andrea's not been the most popular character either mm. here or anywhere else on Earth. Nowhere. But um, I don't know if they kept it from her because they didn't want to tell her uh, because they thought she might check out or something. But, um, you know, li literally she apparently didn't know until they, they just started shooting uh, the episode um, wow. or right before that. I know uh, that usually they talk about that they have a – little party for everyone because they're on the talking dead afterwards they were talking about they had a party and everybody was crying and what a great actress she was and how much they'll miss her i don't know how much of that was all true especially the great actress right. part you know but hey it worked out i Over mean what were you gonna say overall i thought the last episode was pretty good but just not i thought the action was good you know the attack on the prison was yeah, great. attack on the prison was really good and i also i also thought that they had literally left the prison like i wasn't expecting when the flash bombs mm, went off and everything yeah. i actually didn't expect that Definitely. they were still there um i also think the whole carl thing i mean it's awesome you know like basically i don't know again like before i had thought of him as just badass and now he seems to be basically a budding serial killer i mean he's turning <laughs> yes. into like dexter meets <laughs> hannibal lecter um, you know, you know, he's enjoying killing or something. Like well, he definitely didn't need to shoot that kid. 
I, I don't know. Actually, when he shot the kid, I kind of thought that the kid needed to be shot. The kid was leaning forward a little right. too close. You know, he, Re- he really could have backed though? up. You felt like he was a threat? I, I felt like he was I, clearly handing over. The, I mean, he could have been a trick. Right. I, I would have shot the kid. I know really. if someone yeah. had a gun pointed at me and they said, drop the weapon, you drop I would the drop weapon. the weapon. You don't I lean be in. leaning in with yeah. it. That's, right. That's, right. If it leaves room for interpretation. Right. Yeah. Exactly. If you got a silenced pistol to my face, I'm right. I'm backing up. I'm right. putting the gun down. Right. I'm not like, oh, yeah, here's Mike. No. And and especially in the context of a battle. Yes. I mean, it, this actually did happen on the outskirts yeah. of a battle that, that was still going attacked. on. Yeah. But I also think that there are people who would have shot him and there are people who wouldn't. And Carl clearly has put himself into the category. Of, I would you know, put it, myself in that same category. Right. And, and I think your diagnosis is on point. That kid's definitely a psychopath from, right. from now on. You know? Although, understandably. I right. mean, yeah. you know. He, well, he's seen a lot of trauma. Yeah, well, he has seen. I mean, he had to shoot his own mother right after she gave birth to his <laughs> sister. I mean, that's. Cold I don't world. think. Yeah, that's about as bad as it gets. <laughs> so, um, uh, what are your predictions for next season all right well so here's another thing i wanted i kind of wanted them to be done with the governor and to move on and my feeling is david morrissey who plays the governor is a big enough actor that they're not just getting him for one episode and that means we have a whole other season of the governor running around fucking with them which i guess is okay but i sort of thought we were going to move on uh not that i want a different villain in every season Uh, that's not what i'm looking for but clearly the governor is still out there. I'm assuming his two henchmen are there. Well, and they're going to cause problems for our, our heroes. Once again, for a spoiler alert for those, for our like six, seven-year-old comic book. In the comic book, the governor does get killed in the prison battle. That was the right. end of his little run, and he doesn't return. And The Walking Dead moves on to not have different villains, but different themes other than just having a villain show up every time. So right. I was hoping for him to get finished off in this episode, too, and then they move on to something else. But like you said, Morrissey's a good, I mean, not only is he a big enough name, he's a great actor. No, he is. And so I'm not mad at getting to see him again that season. No, I, I guess I'm not mad at, at, at that. I just feel like this was a storyline that I, I, I just sort of assumed would be over by the end of the season. And so it's not. So when you're saying, what what are my predictions for next next season? Well, it's going to involve the governor coming back <laughs> with his two dudes. You know, just sort of more of the same. Another thing about the two dudes. Can I state that that was the moment I really lost belief in the show is when a crazed right. white man shoots up his whole team and then a black man and a Mexican man decide to get in the right, car with Right, right, to get in the car with him. <laughs> like, fuck Absolutely. out of here. Absolutely. Like, that is when I completely lost faith <laughs> right. in the writing and everything. I love that they paused, but that wasn't enough. There's no, no I, fucking way. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I mean, and that's what I'm talking about. It just sort of, you know, it didn't make any sense. Nothing about it made sense. Him shooting them didn't make sense. The two dudes going with him, them not shooting him. <laughs> there was another dude. Him. Also, maybe a little more thoroughness with the headshots when they're on the ground. <laughs> right. I mean, there was actually a dude who had a gun and he's just standing there and doesn't point it at them. The governor just shoots him. Yeah. It was the dude whose son had died. Yeah, he, or no, he pointed like, a gun at him, but then he didn't yeah, pull the but trigger. But then he didn't shoot. Yeah. So I just. Stuff like that, you know. We we did like I, I. It sounds like we did like some of the the tension and things like that. Which I just want to point out. Ernest Dickerson directed this episode, mm. and he he. A lot of people know him as having been the director of photography on Spike Lee's first five movies, classics. Which I think most people would agree. Spike Lee has been um, more erratic. His work has been more erratic. <laughs> it got a little rough. since then. So I feel like he's never. <laughs> Achieved certainly a you know five movies in a row like mm. his first and it might five or six. So that's like uh, was, she's got a habit. School days, do the do right the, thing. Mo better blues. Mo better blues. Malcolm, Malcolm X. X. 
And then I think um, he he moved on. Jungle Fever. I you know I don't know if he shot Jungle Fever or not. That's actually a good question. Um, I know he moved on to become a director, and he got involved with like the tail. Well, he did Juice, of course. I mean, you know, and shout then, out to Ernest Dickerson right. forever, and you know, classic just for doing Juice. He did do Jungle Fever. He did as do well. Jungle Fever, and that was his last Spike Lee. Mm, uh, so after that, it just got right, rough. For, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. And uh, and then he sort of did like these uh, like the Tales from the Crypt and some uh, sort of urban themed supernatural. Oh, he did Tales from bon- the Crypt. Yeah, that did, has it, a that has some classic moments. He in did it. some of the episodes, and he did the. They d- call somebody d- a nidlet d- in d- Tales oh, from the Crypt. See, I, I've actually heard that, but I didn't know where it came from. But uh, he did Demon Knight was one of the movies, um, and he did Bones. I don't know if that was a Tales from the Crypt movie. Mm, I don't know, but yeah, did yeah. that have Snoop in it? I think Bones? it did. Yeah, yeah I, think I think it did. Yeah. Um, and then he got into TV directing, and I had given a big shout-out to uh, Tim Van Patten last week, but I want to point out that uh, Ernest Dickerson has directed episodes of Dexter, The Walking Dead, and The Wire, including he directed two episodes in the fourth season, which is the one that most people consider to be the best season of The Wire, which is the season with the kids. And he directed the season finale, was mm. one of the two. I can't remember what the other one was. He also directed two episodes during the Hamsterdam season. Mm. And he directed at least one during the second season, which had to do with the port and the drugs. And the. And so I, I just want to give a shout out. You know, We don't know the names a lot of times of the great TV directors of this sort of second golden age of TV. And Ernest Dickerson is definitely one of them. And while I'm down on The Walking Dead, I mean, I can't deny the fact. I mean, it's the largest watched basic cable show in history. In history. You know, Dwarfs more people. everything. Uh, now, I'm not one of these, but more people watched The Walking Dead last night than watched Game of Thrones. Mm. And that's just because more people have AMC than have HBO. HBO. On the other hand, there's no comparison in my mind between, you know, the, those shows. I mean, one. Okay, now, Game of Thrones to me is a show that I love, but I'm still not sold as to whether or not it's a great show or whether it's a good show that looks great. Wait, all right. I'm glad I'm, that that is an interesting uh, distinction to make because it definitely does look amazing. Looks amazing. There, there's no show. I mean, there's few movies that look, look as incredible yeah. as, as Game of Thrones. It, it does fall down a little bit on on the action scenes, and they can only go so far not uh, showing the battles. Yeah. Like you, see, they've now shown like the aftermath of like two or three, three battles, great battles yeah. that were described in the books mm-hmm. that you know that weren't shown in the TV show. They do have the great Battle of Blackwater. I actually felt like you could see some of the TV budgetary constraints in there, just comparing it to sort of big, you know, Ridley Scott epic, you know, type of productions. But um, I definitely think there's no doubt that it, it's uh, um, it's like one of the best, if not best looking shows ever. I think it's a great show. I think it's, you know, it's epic. It's it's this part of it is it's everything I would have hoped for when I was a kid reading Conan novels and, you know, reading Lord of the Rings and Dragonlance and the Dragon Riders of Pern and all that stuff, uh, you know, which I was really into when I was a oh, teenager. Definitely. I mean, I grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons. Right, yeah, exactly. You know, read the Dragonlance novel. So it's yeah. amazing. Like last night when I turn on Game of Thrones and I see a giant walk onto the yeah, screen. Yeah, exactly. 
this is great. And the giant looked amazing. Yes. And all he was doing was hammering in like a tent post or something like that. But it was awesome. But he looked amazing. I also think that, you know, they have really, really, really good uh, casting and actors. It's not just that the actors are good, but they're really well cast. Like Meryl Streep is a really great actor, but she would not do a good job playing Martin Luther King. <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's beyond just... Just a bit of a stretch. Yeah, it's beyond just getting good actors, but casting, you know, the 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 casting is like perfect and they have like thirty people in, in the credits alone, not even counting you know, people who come out just for like three or four lines. So they have all these characters and it's really epic. <coughs> mm. Excuse me. Um I really enjoy the epicness, the scale, the fact that there's stuff going on. You know, here and then we switch five minutes later to stuff going on five hundred miles away, and they they've got all these uh, parts you, moving into place now. Right, exactly. And I I mean I'm sure that there's going to be a lot more of that since there's seven. There's going to be seven books, and I know this season they're only doing half of the third book. Okay. So the third and fourth seasons are going to be the third book. book. And they've already said that they um. George Martin, yeah. the writer, has said that he's already told the people at HBO his plan for an ending just in case something happens to him well, and he's, passes he's, away. Or anything. Yeah, he's obese and he's old. Yeah, so, so those two things don't really go necessarily <laughs> in, you know. So, so he's already told HBO right. the ending, so just in case something happens to him, they'll be able to finish it. So they've got at least enough for five more seasons, they say. Right. And, you know, I'm assuming that it's going to continue. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it seems it, to be a hit. People it, love it. It's a hit. So what did you think overall of last night's premiere? Well, I you know, I actually liked it probably a little more than the second uh season premiere just because I felt like they just sort of jumped right in and kept going. There wasn't a lot of um I felt like the second season premiere was a lot of set just like reminding you where everyone had been. Mm -hmm. And this one, they didn't do any they showed you the like last week or last season on Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. this is what happens. But they just sort of threw you in the deep end. I felt like um you know, D Daenerys spent, like, almost all of last season in Karth, and it was good to see her, like, move, you know, like, she was somewhere else. Um, I think they they shot wherever the city that she is in, in Morocco, and that, that was pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, we got to see a guy get his nipple cut off. Always interesting. Um, you know, in, in, in that. Um, got to see dragons flying. Got to see dragons flying and jumping fishing. and diving into the water. Yes. That dragons was amazing. Fishing, yeah, yes. I mean, the dragon fishing was pr pretty amazing. And you know, moving that we met Mance Raider, who we had only heard about the uh, the King Beyond the Wall. Yes, um, I, I also I've, liked his uh, his boy, um, the Lord of Gi Bones, Giants oh, Bane. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Jorah Giants Bane, Bane or yeah. something like that. Definitely dope character. Yeah, no, they. I mean, and that's one of the show. It's like last week, Combat Jack asked you who's your favorite character, and it's really difficult on a show like that that has so many characters. Jon Snow is also yeah. one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I. Uh, you know. Um, Apparently, you know, they had to fudge some of the stuff with the ages. Like in the books, Jon Snow is only like 13 or 14 years old. Oh. And the same thing with Daenerys is only 13 in the books. Mm. And so you get issues with child pornography. You know, apparently they had that pro with, the, with that problem with the graphic. They did a graphic novel that was more... Uh, more strictly based on the book than the TV series, and they actually had issues with showing any of the sex scenes with da Daenerys and Khal Drogo. Um, but I, I like the fact she now has this problem. She's very anti-slavery, 
but she has to get an army. And so now she's faced with she can get an army, but it's an army of slaves. And I like the moral problem that, you know, her sidekick, uh, Sir Jorah Mormont, uh, pointed out like, well, these slaves will be better off with you than with anyone else. But she doesn't want to deal with, you know, she doesn't want to. She wants people to fight for her because they want to fight for her, or, or because they're fighting for her for money, not because they have to. Um, but I'm assuming we're going to see a lot more of the the unsullied. I believe is the that's, uh, that's the name of the slave army. That's the, no, that's the name of the slave army. The yeah. unsullied. The unsullied, and so. And they're badass. I mean, apparently only one in four makes it out of training, and their final test is that they have to go and drown a baby in front of its mother. <laughs> that, I mean, that, yeah, I think that, that made you pretty tough. That exactly. I mean, that you got to be hard to do <laughs> little, that. Little tougher than the Navy SEALs, right there. Exactly. I mean, Navy SEALs they got to tread water for twenty four hours. You know. I mean, this you got to drown a baby in front of her mother. Um, so you, you know, I, I, I just want to clarify. Maybe it makes you tough to do that in front of the mother, but it's not actually tough to do. That's 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 a good point. That is, that is a good point. I don't know. Much like taking candy from a baby, drowning right. baby, right. probably not difficult. Matt, you seem to have experience in this matter. Uh, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> All righty then. There's, uh, you know, there's some, some some bad dreams can occur later on in life after you drown a baby in yeah. front of the mother. Well, mo- well, moving on, as we say, um, this week in comic books, there was a bit of a small controversy, shall we say. Um, Uncanny Avengers issue number five came out this last week, actually, last Wednesday. And in it, written by Rick Remender, actually a very great writer. He wrote a great run on X-Force, if I'm not mistaken, involving Archangel and a bunch of other characters you should definitely check out. But in this issue of Uncanny Avengers, he has Havoc, um, the brother of Cyclops, make a speech about mutants. In the Marvel Universe right now, the current thing is that mutants are once again feared and hated and actually, earlier in the issue, he makes a reference to an attack on New York City that kind of, shall we say, references the 9-11 attacks. Or not references, but I'm not sure the word, but you know, like... It's so similar to... Uh, similar to the... Analogous. Analogous to the 9-11 right. attacks. So mutants are basically the Saudis uh, or the Iraqis. Right. Or the whoever George Bush... Well, there Bush, were no Iraqis involved in the Well, whoever George Bush yeah. wanted to blame that week right. of the world, so... The axis of evil. The yes, axis yes. of evil, yes. That's what mutants represent. So Havoc goes out to make a speech, and in this speech he says that he doesn't want to be called a mutant anymore because he doesn't want to be associated with that. He just wants to be called a human or just a person or his name. Well, does he say Alex. does he say a human or does he say a person? Because there is a difference, you know, between the homo superior and homo well, uh, sapien. His words are this, shortened quickly. I never quite saw things as my brother did, and later our views diverged even further. I don't see myself as born into a mutant cult or religion. Having an etched gene doesn't bond me to anyone. It doesn't define me. In fact, I see the very word mutant as divisive. Old thinking that further separate old thinking that serves to further separate us from our fellow man. We are all humans of one tribe. We are defined by our choices, not the makeup of our genes. So please don't call us mutants. The M word represents everything I hate. Yeah, I mean, and so people reacted negatively to people that. People reacted very negatively to this because mainly because for years the X-Men have s- served as a stand-in for any oppressed race. Um, back in the 60s, they were for black people. Later on, they became more of a... Gay people. Gay people. And so people are saying Just like... people who don't fit in. People who don't fit in, sure. who are feared and hated. Right. So basically people are saying that 
if somebody black went up on set of speech like, hey, I'm not black, you know, I'm just human. It doesn't work because of, you know, your history as a black man, as et cetera, a black woman, blah, 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 culture or whatnot. So is there a particular group that that took umbrage to it or was it just fan, all the fans in general? a lot of fans in general? It, it divided fans pretty evenly, though, because I saw a lot of people who were outraged as well as people who were like, yo, you're bugging. A lot of people also got mad because Rick Remender, the writer, when he first got confronted with this, uh, went on Twitter and told everyone who was mad about this situation that they could drown in cat piss or some form of piss. I'm not sure exactly which one it was. Have we heard from any mutant American advocacy groups? <laughs> no, unfortunately we haven't. There has been a lot of reaction across the internet, though. There was a lot of memes drawn from it, whatnot. Rick Remender eventually went on his own blog and issued an apology and said that, you know, he got a little worked up and he shouldn't have responded in that matter. That's, I mean, that's often what happens with creators. I know that in the last season of Lost, the oh, uh, man. the two guys, the two Lost guys got really offended because a lot of people didn't like what was going on in the last season, and they issued some really tart tweet that mm -hmm. was like, you know, well, if you don't like it, you can go watch CSI, you know, whatever was on <laughs> opposite Lost. Nice. But, yeah, I mean... Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I can definitely see how people, you know, I, I do agree that the X-Men appealed more than, say, the Avengers or the Fantastic Four or the Justice League because they were feared and hated by the world that they were protecting. And so I can see how people might react negatively to that. Um, I wonder, I mean, like, do you think it's realistic for for uh, for someone to, I mean, not for someone to say that, but for someone to say, well, don't look at me as if I'm a mutant? I mean, that's like, I mean... Uh, that's like some of me saying, don't look at me right. as if I'm black. Like, it was, it's a nice... The thing is, I, would, I feel both sides of the issue. I like Rick Remender's... I think what happened here mainly is that his choice of words for having to say was poor. The well, speech wasn't well written. There's enough. also the notion that mutant does not have positive connotations with anyone. Like mutant is is usually a negative term, but, whereas black man is not a negative term. But That's see, that was a neutral that was another, term. That was another you know? issue that people brought up because Charles Xavier uses the word mutant. It's not like he says, "Hey, I'm not a mutant." He says, right. "We're mutants." So it's not like it's not a pejorative term like the N word would be or something where it's like that right. just has an immediate negative connotation where you know black mutant are pretty much assumed to be the same thing but when you're watching like the x-files or what was that show that just ended recently that was real that had um that had the guy the joshua jackson on it uh fringe like mm -hmm. on those shows if someone was a mutant there there was definitely a connotation Imitation. that there was something not just different about them but something wrong you know like the idea of like you know, a, a mutant is like a, a monkey without a tail. You know, it's not like a monkey who could lift fifty tons. It's it's like you know that's usually yeah yeah. It's a d exactly. And so in that sense, I feel like I could see where ha now does he not want to be called Havoc or is he just Alex he, Summers? He actually said at the end of his speech, they asked him, "So if we don't call you mutant, what should we call you?" And he right. says, "Call me Alex. Alex." Right, yeah. but not Havoc. No, just Alex. Right. He'd already taken his mask off earlier in the speech, so right. you know he's revealed himself, and now he's just Alex. Summers. Another point, though, from the issue is like that people want to say like the mutant thing is that the difference with mutant and black or not is that you can't like or uh, I lost my train of thought. there. Well, you're going to talk about passing because some mutants can't pass and some can, you know, you uh, but but, you know, whereas most, black, you know, there are obviously some some black men who are so light skinned that they can pass. But most black men can't pass as being for being not black, whereas a good amount of mutants can pass, 
you know, of for, of, of for not being a mutant. I think the best thing that I read about it on the internet that people were most offended by was that it's Rick Remender is a member, he's a white man. Right. So it's it's just another case, a lot of people felt like it was another case of a white man saying, hey, you know, get over it, basically. Right. Like, you know, if you stop complaining about, you know, being black and stop complaining about being mutant or whatever right. and just come on into the whole human population, then everything will work out. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, it depends. It does depend if he's saying that on what happens. You know, if if the storyline is is that the ultimately he that Havoc is rejected or Alex Summers is rejected by people, then the writer isn't saying that mm-hmm. because he's showing a story where a guy does say that, and then in fact that point of view is 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 rejected. So I don't know if he's saying that. You have to sort of see how the whole storyline. You know, um, I mean, I can see how it can look like he's saying that, but until the storyline's over, you're not. It's not clear. Is he saying that, or is he setting you? Is he setting the reader up or the character up to to knock that down, to knock Havoc speech down? You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, was was Havoc speaking for him, or is he going to be the guy who you know? The other respond- mutants yeah, are exactly. like, Havoc, you're an idiot. Right. And fuck all that. Right. That's that was another good point I read on the internet, and people were like saying that maybe you're gonna have to wait and see. But then also, people don't think that Remender is really going there. But I think that's something we're just gonna have to wait and see how he does with it. So there's an uncanny Avengers. Is there a Fantastic Spider-Man? <laughs> right now, Marvel is all kind of flipping their words around and they're I guess so slang. So yeah. And what does the logo look like? Is the uncanny written like the uncanny X-Men? Logo no, it's or? still it's a kind of a like looks like the Avengers. It logo? looks like the Avengers. Maybe a mix of them because this is an Avengers team that's made up of the mutants and people. So are not just people, but superpowered people who aren't mutants. Right. Which is something that people who might not read the Marvel Universe might not understand is that mutants, just because they have powers, are somehow different in the Marvel world than Spider-Man because mutants get their powers naturally and Spider-Man gets bit by a spider. So mutants are hated while Spider-Man, well, he's kind of hated too, but... Well, mutants are feared and, and in, in our society and in the Marvel world, which reflects our society, people hate the things that they fear. Mm. Um, so and, and so people don't fear... Spider-Man because that could be them, you know, like ah. or the Fantastic Four. Could, like if they had gone up in a spaceship, Race. then gotten bombarded with cosmic rays, they'd be the Fantastic Four. That, that's great. You know, I never because that was something that always bugged me. It's like they just have powers like the Fantastic Four do. So why are the Fantastic Four loved and mutants are because hated? Because the Fantastic Four got their powers unnaturally, mm. whereas the mutants got them naturally. Mm. Um, I I think that's where where that you know and and in the DC universe they've the the metagene is what they call you know the the equivalent of being a mutant yeah. and you're born with it and um i don't think they make the distinction as much no. between you know that's they, more of a marvel yeah thing. that's definitely more of marvel's thing and one of the reasons probably why marvel has had market share over dc in <laughs> every month other than the one where superman got killed 20 years ago and i'd like to send a shout out to everybody out there who is listening we need feedback, internets. We need to know what you want to hear on the episodes of Fan Bros. What do you want us to talk about? More video games, more comic books, more movies even. And while we're on the topic of shout-outs, I'd like to give a thank you to Chris Robinson. Um, Chris Robinson on Twitter. You can find him at Chris Robinson. He sent us a detailed email. Chris Robinson that directed ATL? Chris Robinson is the lead singer of the Black Crows. Oh, or- he, oh the guy from General Hospital? There's Rick a, Weber, number two. The uh, Canadian baseball player, Chris Robinson. 
Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm hoping that it might be that Chris Robinson, who's an Ottawa-based animation film literature and sports writer and artistic director of the Ottawa International oh. Animation Festival. Okay. It's not Chris Robinson, the pederast, though, right? Let's, Let's pray. Not, yeah. It's really not Chris Robinson. Because he definitely had he had some he had some good points. He 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 wrote us a a nice email that had uh I thought some 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 legitimately constructive criticism and some and some nice uh, he had nice things to say. He asked us to bring in Earth Two Matt Raz and we brought in Earth One Matt Raz. Right by, by popular demand, this is like the what if edition of Fan Bros. <laughs> right, what what if, if Matt Raz was on Fan Bros. With the Watcher Watu. <laughs> so shout out to Chris Robinson and anyone else who wants to write us, tweet us. You can hit smoke me signals at DJ Ben Amin on Twitter or at Instagram. We're about to get our Fan Bros Twitter page up very soon. Also to everybody who's asking us about getting Fan Bros on iTunes, it's coming very very soon as well. Keep checking out the SoundCloud page. Visit thecombatjatshow.com. We have Fan Bros T-shirts, Fan Bros keychains, Fan Bros Fan Bros condoms. Even I'm going for Fan Bros condoms. Absolutely. When I go to Comic Con, I'm gonna need Fan Bros condoms on me. Let's hope. Alrighty, moving on. We have our most anticipated movies of the summer. Matt Raz. Yeah, I mean th- these are America's most anticipated movies of the summer. So uh, <laughs> not worldwide. It, well, well not, ex- maybe not ours specifically, but maybe they are. It's pretty extraordinary how they're almost all sequels, and even the ones that aren't sequels are all. Well, they are all sequels, it seems, but they're all part of you know sort of franchise genre franchises that are either based on comic books or comic book related type stuff. I mean, I see that they're finally making the third Riddick movie. Mm. Um, you know, of which I actually really like the first one and not the second one. But yeah, you got Iron Man three, you got Fast and Furious six, you got the new GI Joe, you got what, what else we got on there? Uh, uh, you got new Star Trek, you got Wolverine relaunch. Right. Uh, I don't know what this one. Percy Jackson Sea of Monsters is that based on? Oh, something? that's I think that's that's the, like kids that's, books that's a or sequel. Something. Yeah, there, yeah, there was yeah. already a Percy Jackson and uh, yeah. um something about Olympus. Right. Yeah. The, okay. The first one wasn't so bad. It's like an animated Harry Potter type thing. Yeah, but I don't think it's animated. I think it's live oh, action. Oh, live action. Yeah, I think okay. it's live action. Okay. Something about Percy Jackson and Neptune. I remember the first one was. Right. Okay. It sounds like it could be like a Tyler Perry franchise. I think. <laughs> what uh, else is on that Ma- list? Man of Steel. Uh, the new Superman. World War Z. The Not adaptation of that. Looking forward to it. Uh, Thor, new Thor. And Definitely. Coming in at number 10, Scary Movie 5. Ooh. So Pacific Rim didn't make this list. Uh, no Pacific Rim. Wow. Nope. Yeah, for those who don't know, Pacific Rim is a movie coming out this summer directed by Girl, I can never pronounce her name, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, yeah. del Toro is Guillermo. directing Pacific Rim, and it's about... That's William in, in Mexican. Oh, it's my father's name. Yeah. It's about giant robots fighting giant monsters, like Godzilla-type <laughs> monsters coming up from the sea, and they're battled by these giant mecha robots. So. See, that sounds so much better than any of these. That's like my Iron, most anticipated movie. Iron Man 3. Well, or... Iron Man 3 is up there with me, too. I actually, I gotta say, I actually really like the, the fifth Fast and the Furious. I thought it was Hell the best yes. of the Fast and the Furious well, 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 I heard it was, it was like, a, they, they kind of changed the format, right? Yeah, they, they kind of yeah. cribbed um, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, exactly. It, well, well, it's more of like a heist kind it of a movie with a, with a thing, car-based yeah. heist instead yes. of like racing or drifting. But, or, well, this thing, I mean, they got some racing They're always gonna get some racing yeah. in there. Yeah. But it was I'm good. Yeah, like I've really watched was. it several times on yeah, the internet. As have I. And I loved it I, every do, time. Do you like, think Drive like put a battery in their back in any kind of a way? I believe it. I need to see Drive again because mm-hmm. I watched Drive once and I, I didn't really get it. You I know, something it, about it. Yeah. see. But I've heard. I right, see. I've heard extreme reactions on Drive. It's either people love it or they 
hate it. See, I have to say, Drive is sort of a remake of a Walter Hill movie from the late mm. 70s um, called, I think, The Driver. I might, mm. be, I might be wrong about that, but it had I wasn't Ryan, sure if that was a remake. Yeah, I know it had The Driver. Ryan yeah. O'Neill, and, mm-hmm. and nobody has a name. Like, everybody, like, he's just in the credits as The yeah, Driver. driver yeah. Like, someone's The Client, mm-hmm. The Girl, you know, that kind of thing. And it's kind of the same exact movie. I also feel like the transporter kind of took a little mm. bit of the of drives, uh, you know, of which I really like the first transporter, but I, and I didn't even see the third one. I didn't like the second one, but uh, I, I wasn't a big fan of Drive personally. Um, I thought it was a lot of talented people, but that 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 it was like a lot of fingers that didn't so, come together. So Ryan Gosling smile didn't do it for you. Ryan Gosling smile didn't do it for me. No, <laughs> those baby blue eyes trying to convince no, you. No, I don't. I don't go on those websites that show like Ryan Ryan Gosling pumping gas. Yeah. Ryan Gosling, you know, taking a shit like Ryan Gosling. You know, best tweet I saw today and the best April Fool's joke was R.I.P. Ryan Gosling. And then it had an image attached, and it said, "Retweet this to make women mad." Right? Yeah. No, I, I, you know, and I like Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I really great do. actor. He is really good. Uh, but um, Drive just just didn't do it for me. I thought the the guy from Breaking Bad was sort of hamming mm. it up a little bit. Um, well, he was. You know. Uh, so what Ryan movie Cranston. are you looking for forward to the summer then? I'm looking. I'm looking forward to more episodes of Game of Thrones. Mm. Now, what movie am I looking? Come forward on to? now, Chico. The, the, the Pacific, you got to get out the uh, house. The Pacific Rim sounds really good. I mean, look, I'll see Fast and Furious Six. Yep. I'll see Iron Man Three. I'll see the new Riddick movie with hopes that it's more like the first one than the, the second, second one. Um, you know, I'll see a lot of that stuff. I'll see Wolverine, but I'll yeah. see it like cringing because I, uh, you know. They haven't done that properly. <laughs> I, uh, I, I got a pro tip for anyone who's going to go see Fast and Furious Six. You got to go to a D box theater. D box mm. are the theaters with, with the uh, the programmed animatronic seats, basically. Oh, that that are they're all orchestrated to the actual movie specifically. So what company like made D box theaters? Like rumble the seats. Rumble. Mm, I think D box by D box. Well, shout out to D box. The, the, the only thing though is even in the theaters where, where they advertise as such, not every seat. Will be a motorized moving seat. Oh, that's wow! So don't don't get stuck sitting, paying extra, and sitting in a Fuckyberg seat. You got to get the official. That's one. really whack. Like like to charge extra, and then you don't get the seat. Like I know that back in the in the fifties, like with the Vincent Price movie, like the Tingler, like one seat would or a few seats would would have an electrical thing underneath, and it would buzz. And so even if your seat didn't buzz. You would hear the buzz and you'd see someone freak out. <laughs> but I feel like in this day and age, if you don't get the, uh, you know, if you don't get, you know, the, the D box seat, I would, mm. I would want some, some money. They, back, they should at least have that technology that they had in a uh, Kentucky Fried Movie, the feel around. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, shout out to D box, which is located at d boxcom because they also make home theater systems. You know. Mm. So just in case D-Box wants to let fan bros test out one of their home theater systems. That's right. We'll be right here. Go see G.I. Joe Retaliation in a D-Box. Yes. Which made uh, $41 million this weekend. So And they've already ordered a sequel to it. So get ready for more G.I. Joe. Was The Rock in the first G.I. Joe movie? No. Yeah. They had Marlon Wayans instead. Is that right? <laughs> Upgrade you. <laughs> is, he, is he still in Scary Movie, Marlon Wayans, though? I think he's still producing them, at mm. the very least. He's making that So money. what is it, six? Scary Movie 6? Uh, five. I, I, th- I think yeah. you got Charlie Sheen again. Right. Wow. 
John Sheen, who can't even stand up anymore. About every, two years past his little Every single ad I've ever comeback. seen for his new show for Anger Management, like, he's sitting down, and it's because, like, Charlie Sheen is so fucked up on drugs that, like, or from the drugs, not on drugs at the time, but, but like, my understanding is that, like, he needs to lean on stuff, and, you know. <laughs> yo, yo, but he's great. He's robbing FX blind with that 90-episode back order. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> and he got his dad on the show, and, you know. Hey, you know, I can never ban a man who has tiger uh, blood. Okay, the cast is Lindsay Lohan, Charlie Sheen, Ashley Tisdale, Terry Crews, and a bunch of people that are probably in like two minutes. Damn, Terry Crews. Oh, and there was some sort of issue where like- Jerry O'Connell. Lindsay Lohan and Charlie <laughs> Sheen, there, there was some kissing thing, and Mac Miller. Charlie Sheen's bad, bad breath kind of offended Lindsay Mike Lohan. Mike Tyson. Wow. And I just feel like, that wouldn't she have, like, meth breath at this point? <laughs> meth breath. <laughs> All righty. You know. I think we've had our requisite. Meth, meth breath, Lohan, breath smells like gum disease. Tweet mm. us. Tweet us. Let us know how many false teeth you have from all that meth you smoke. <laughs> no, no. Do we diss Lindsay Lohan every week? Anyway, I think that's about it for this week's episode of Fan Bros. Fan Bros. All right, we'll still be talking about the uh, the the Game of Thrones, but we're not going to be talking about The Walking Dead for another year. Oh, actually, it comes back in October. Okay, we'll be talking about it then. Yeah, unfortunately for some. No, it's not unfortunate. It's just unfortunate <laughs> that it's never as good as it should be or could be. Read The Walking Dead book, people. It's a lot better. Yeah, the book is than, better than the show. Than the show. My recommendation, fucks with Bates Motel. Ah, yes, two yes. Ep- two episodes in, three by the time you hear it, but promising. Alrighty. Yeah, I live it. I'll have. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that about does it for this episode of Fan Bros. Um, yeah, I got nothing more to say than that. But free Wesley Snipes. Fan Bros. Fan Bros.